we're going to do is we're going to um, talk about uh, the, the goal, like we said last night, is really to understand, uh, to, to, to develop a framework for understanding the Beit HaMikdash. Not so much to fill out all the details, because that would take uh, many, 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 many hours. Obviously, the area of uh, Mikdash is very vast, and really takes up two stereum of Mishnah, if you consider not only Kodashim, but also uh, Talot also is really related to uh, to Mikdash primarily. So it's, and, and not to mention a huge swath of uh, texts, even just of Chumash, even just of Chumash, that are, uh, you know, that are related to the Beit HaMikdash. Uh, so you have like an enormous amount of material, so it's really impossible to get into the details. What I'd like to do, if we can, and I hope we'll be able to, is in addition to, to sort of uh, setting up a framework for understanding Mikdash, which we started yesterday, and for Korbanot, get into some of the highlights of it, so you have sort of a sense of uh, how you would approach uh, further study in the area. And if, you know, if you decide to continue studying that in some way, that would be great. And if not, then at least you'll have, hopefully, some you know, uh, guiding ideas that you can help, uh, that will help you to uh, continue exploring it you know, whenever you, you decide to do that. Um, on your own time. That's certainly, that's certainly on your own time. Um, so yesterday, what did we talk about? We talked about uh, the Akedah, we talked about Bit Ben Abitari, we talked a little bit about what else did we talk about in the Dash? What did we get to? Um, you remember? Who remembers what we left off at? Tamil was something that's unfit That's last night. I'm talking no. about when we did the oh, Dash. Yes, what did we talk about? Um, what, what did we leave off at? We, we did the Safrachinu, we did the Zavachinu. Um, oh, about the, right, about the, uh, about the, um, about the, about the, the territory and uh, right. being in the Mithida, I mean, about the Sanhedrin being located yeah. in the Sanhedrin, in the Mithida, comparing Tamil towards the Korban. Right. The idea was that basically we talked about how, like, uh, the, um, oh, right, the idea that the, that the, the Mithidah is a facilitator of Nebuah. That idea of Ralbag and Sefer Chinuch, that uh, the Beit HaMikdash would be a facilitator of Nebuah, and that a korban essentially is a, a demonstration that the person is uh, giving up an attachment to the material, uh, to material things for the sake of the higher purpose of relating to God, just like Abraham Avinu, of course, is the paradigm of that, being willing to give up his own son, for the sake of uh, closeness to God and fulfilling God's will. So the same thing is really what a korban in general, outline, in general outline of what a korban is, that's what a sacrifice is, a korban is, uh, is meant to, uh, you're giving up the attachments uh, to, but by, by sacrifice, you're showing, you're demonstrating the primacy of, of, of Hashem beyond any, uh, above any uh, material thing. And we see that with Cain and Hebel also, that Cain uh, gave to God, but he gave to God only the lesser, lesser item. Whereas Hebel gave the best, meaning that there's nothing better, meaning that I, I would give my best because Hashem is better than my best. You know, that's, that's the most important. So that's what the Korban really signifies. And the Beit HaMikdash was a place that put a person in a uh, state of mind where they were able to achieve greater closeness to God through, uh, in some cases, even to achieve Nebuah. But even for a person who was not a Navi, uh, simply to reorient them. And that was the idea of the, the uh, Brit Ben Abitarim that we saw, that, uh, that the idea that there's, a, there's an institution that can guide human beings back to God when they're off track. It can focus them in and refocus them when they have strayed from the proper uh, kibun and direction in their thoughts and, and in their behavior. And th- this is why, though, at the same time, korbanot are predicated, the value of a korban is predicated on the 
the ideas of the person and the, the, the intent of the person and the understanding of the person and the knowledge of the person because Zebach Tushayim Toivach, or wicked person brings a korban in order to somehow justify or, uh, or cover up for uh, uh, wicked actions. So then there, that's not a real Zebach. A real Zebach is a person who comes, to, who is approaching God in Teshuvah and wants to demonstrate their newfound uh, bond with Hashem that they, you know, they've emerged from the Chetz to, to create a new bond with God, an awareness of God, and they're expressing that through the Korban and solidifying that through the, uh, the, the demonstration of the Korban. Uh, but that's also why the learning of the Korbanot is significant, because learning of Korbanot is, uh, is uh, you know, really the essence of the Korban is the idea that the change that's effectuated through the Korban in the person's uh, mind. And that's why we said the Bnei Eli, they can't have a kapara from Korbanot, because Korbanot presuppose the proper uh, orientation towards God. If a person, uh, they could have gotten kapara from learning, they could have gotten kapara from chesed, because that changes the person. But a korban is only relative to the state of the person. So if the person is locked in a distorted ideas or corruption, bringing a korban will only further uh, make them feel validated and justified in their corruption instead of breaking them out of it. So, so that was now. It's you, so, wait, so it's user, <coughs> it's user dependent? So user dependent. It's, yeah, that's, I don't, that's, I don't know why. getting the summary of the whole yesterday. We're almost finished, right? What else was there? Is there more than Does the menachot... Um, there's the Then the, the, the korban is, is just like... A, then there's the Torah and the tefillah. That's the purpose of the mikdash. Right. Yeah. That's right. the end of the, the, the class. Right. We distinguish... Because you went in order. You, you keep oh, saying you don't remember anything that we did. You just summarized the whole year from yeah, beginning to end in perfect order. Did we say Torah and tefillah at the end? I thought we did, no? Probably. We ended with Menachot. That's what we ended with. We ended with the Menachot there. Yeah. That's Tavot Torah. No. Wait, but, so, so that's, meaning, we said, we said a couple extremes, like people who had negative yeah, usages of it, but like, what about somebody who's neutral? I mean, they just don't understand what they're doing and they just come. Would it be, it would be the same idea? It could, could, could be a benefit to them. Could be. I mean, if they enter into the framework of the Mikdash, then they have the, the whole idea of the Mikdash is, like we said, <clears throat> you have Chachamim and Kohanim that are supposed to be educators there. You're going to interact with those educators and you're going to benefit from that. That's the idea. Yeah, That's part of the idea. So and the, the reason, and, and, oh, maybe I mentioned that the Rambam, when he describes, uh, when he describes Nebuah, but I think that was in the other shiur, that he, when he describes uh, Tefillah, he describes it as a, uh, almost like Nebuah also. I mean, the Amidah Lefnei Hashem experience Obviously, we have an idea of There's a, a level of yidiyah that's necessary to really stand before God. Because if you don't have an understanding of God at all, I mean, you don't really know what it means to stand before God, then you can't. Um, but the uh, but Torah and Tfilah are really the essence of the Mikdash. And you see that from even the fact that this, the location of the Mikdash is chosen, not only based on Mikdash concerned of Korbanot, but actually based on the positioning of the Sanhedrin that it had to be in Shevet Yehuda. So it shows that it's of the essence of it, that it be bit, bit, uh, a house of, of learning. And of course, because Tefillah and Torah are always connected. They're always connected. Why? Why, why, why is Torah and Tefillah connected? Why? There's, a, there's a pasuk. Right? A person who turns his ear away from Torah, is Tefillah is also an abomination. That's a pasuk in Mishlei. Right? What does it mean? It means that the, our tefillah is only as good as our knowledge of God. Right? A person who doesn't have interest in, it doesn't have knowledge of God, doesn't have understanding, really, of, of, of the truth of the existence of Hashem or Hashem's providence or anything about God. So their tefillah really is not 
All their tefillah is going to be is an expression of their own illusions about God. It's not going to be a real expression of an understanding of God. Tefillah is supposed to be basically a person's a person learns and develops an understanding, and the more we develop our understanding of Hashem and our understanding of Darchei Hashem, our understanding of Chuchmat Hashem, then when we stand in Tefillah, we apply it to ourselves. We're standing before, we're reflecting on ourselves in the context of all that we understand about HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His world and His plan and His Hashkachah. We're thinking of ourselves in that framework. That's what the Tefillah is. So that's what the Beit HaMikdash is. And the Beit HaMikdash is trying to orient ourselves to God's system, to God's, uh, whether it be, uh, whether it be because it, it's a, uh, you know, a reflection of a Mamad Harsinai, like the Ramban has, which is really tied to the idea of Nifu'ah, that, that the idea of Mamad Harsinai standing before God in that framework, or it's something else. There's another possibility that I wanted to share with you. Um, but either way, that, that framework now allows me to reflect on, okay, so where do I stand and who am I? And, and what, is, what is my purpose? That's beautiful with uh, what we studied few trips ago with Hana. So first she does her personal korban. She gives, she gives up her son to, to the Beit HaMikdash, so to speak, the service mm-hmm. of Hashem. And only then mm-hmm. she's able to come up with this beautiful tefillah where you know, she, puts, she recontextualized everything. She clearly was transformed by the process. Yes, the, the transformation started even before. Because she... In her case, yeah. it, was, it was first the korban, then she was able to come Well, up. she only was able to make that promise because she first reflected on her plight in the context of why am, what, my problem is really a symptom of the absence of, uh, of, of proper direction on Israel and the fact that there's akarot and, and anything like that is an indication that God is distant from Israel. And what's the cause? The cause is lack of leadership because we, we don't have Sean and, and Kobe as Kohanim. We have, uh, we have Chofni Pinchas. It's, uh, it's a disaster. You know? So therefore, uh, therefore, she realized that new leadership was necessary to, uh, to return the Jews. And that's why she said, I'm going to give my child, and he'll be Zera Anashim. He's going to be a person who, I want, I want a child who's going to be able to be a leader and reform this in a good way. <clears throat> Bring everybody back, and that's what, exactly what he did. Exactly what he did. But any time you see a, uh, in Tanakh, and I think we mentioned this on my last visit to, to New York, any time you see in Tanakh, any kind of a crisis, the beginning of the book of Ruth, right? That there's a there was a ra'av. It's an indication based on the Torah. We have to assume that's an indication that there's a problem with Am Yisrael, and it also says there, The judges were judged, meaning the judges were bad, the leaders were bad. That's why you had leaders such as uh, uh, Naomi's own husband, who you know ran away to escape the responsibility for the plight of the Jewish people. You know, so that's a uh, that's the, uh, the general rule as we look at the books of Tanakh. And then when and then when Naomi heard Ki what was the reason? Because Boaz was now the leader, and Boaz was this great man who was leading people back and say and he was teaching people to say Hashem Now, in any case, that's the side point. But uh, there's another approach to the Beit Hamikdash that's important to be familiar with. Um, I'm sure we have like a Midrashim here, right? They have a Midrash Tanchuma over there. Do you see a Midrash? It's usually one volume. It's usually one volume. Maybe two. Yeah, it should be one. Do they have? There's a very nice... Uh, What's Midrash Tanchuma? What is it? It's it's right? Midrash Rabbah. It should be around. It's usually what happens. Aleph or Beth? Probably Aleph. Let me see. Let me see. Probably Aleph. Let me see. Midrash Tanchuma is nice. It's 
much easier to read Midrash than Midrash Rabban. Much easier. Um, within Parashat Pikudei, really old. Yeah, just yeah. Well, art, anything art school starts to translate. <laughs> this is in Parashat Pikudei. So it says, um, I like this idea. Oh, and it's even by the author of the Zohar, Amar Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. I didn't remember that. Amar Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Zot Omeret Shaychal Shelemata Mechuban Keneged Echal Shelmala. Well, that's, but that's not the main thing. One second. Um, it's really Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Asi. The Mishkan is like the creation of the world. How so? It says Hashem stretched out the heavens like a curtain. You also make curtains, right? It talks about separation in the Rakia. What does it say in the Mishkan? Right? In the Mishkan it says, The what? Right? Okay. The lights. Okay, that's probably easy. Alright. The Korbanot, yeah, exactly. Adam. And obviously you have a Kohen against the very interesting. So what does that mean? Yeah. So according to that, what's the Mishkan? Microcosm of the world. Right, the microcosm of the world. There's a difference. Maybe it's because there's two ways, right? You can, you can see Hashem, so to speak. You can perceive 
the hand of God in, in, in Briyat Olam, obviously. You can perceive the, the hand of God in, in his Hashgachan Am Yisrael. So one way of looking at it is that it's really a facsimile of, of Har Sinai. You know, it's an imitation of Har Sinai like the Ramban has. It's, he makes a very, very, very good... There's a detailed Ramban about it in Parshat Shumah where he goes through how the Mishkan really reflects Mamat Har Sinai. It's a beautiful Ramban and uh, he makes a really good argument. And actually, I've seen that a lot of the modern scholars, even not necessarily uh, the more in the religious camp, take the same approach as the Ramban. They see in the Mishkan basically a continuation of the uh, Mamad Har Sinai. On the other hand, the, the, this Midrash uh, points you to the idea of Briyat Shemayim Baruch. And actually, another interesting aside to that is that where do we learn? This is something that you know I, I like to give. You know, I heard many, many years ago from from Rabbi Chait, a very interesting observation. He actually was a very very long shiur, but I'm extracting an observation from it, that the Melechet HaMishkan is the basis for Melechet Shabbat. Okay? Meaning, where do we derive the Melechot of Shabbat? From the Mishkan. And even according to the opinion, like in the, in the beginning of Bavak it says that... Um, even according to the to the opinion, meaning it doesn't make a difference if something is an av melacha or not. It doesn't halachically make a difference. Still, since those that were, those that were in the mishkan are counted as the uh, thirty nine melachot, and those that were not are not. You know, so it's a very interesting. And some 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 poskim go even further and say that melacha is a melacha that's done for a purpose different than the mishkan. Like they really make the Mishkan the center for the Chot Shabbat. Why? So what Rabbi Chait was showing in his shiur was that, uh, was that it's not because they didn't know how to define Melacha. And therefore they needed a basis and they looked at the Mishkan. There's, a, there's an idea of Melacha, natural idea of Melacha that we could understand sure from human nature. Mm-hmm. It was in order to show that the Mishkan is a microcosm of the world. Uh, mm. it's, a, it's the opposite of what you think. So in order, by, because it, it makes the Mishkan, and that's why like, they weren't allowed to build the Mishkan on Shabbat and so on, like there's a special Isur building the Mishkan on Shabbat because the Mishkan is supposed to represent Briyat HaOlam, which stopped on Shabbat. Right? So you wanted to say, basically, in order to, to emphasize that the Mishkan is supposed to be a microcosm of the world, so Melechet Shabbat is based upon what was done in the Mishkan. And he, and, and he brought this... Uh, this midrash on home, I remember from like. So, but he sees, it, he sees it more macro. Like it's just meant to draw your attention to the fact that the mishkan is the microcosm, or micro that each melacha is meant to teach you something specific about Bria. I think the first one. That he said. Yeah, he, said, he was saying that basing it on that is a symbolic, quote unquote. In other words, the Torah didn't need to do that. It could have just said whatever is defined as a melacha, the things that naturally we know are a melacha. What did they do before they had a mishkan to observe Shabbat? They didn't observe Shabbat based on the Melachot of the Mishkan. They didn't have it. Mm-hmm. So he's saying the fact that, that when the Mishkan was created, then the Halakha became to refer to the Mishkan. It shows you that the Mishkan is supposed to be like the world. Right? It's a nice idea. But, the, but it just, the main point is that when you think about the Mishkan or the Mikdash as a place that's supposed to orient us <coughs> and create a framework for Amidah Lifnei Hashem, there are really two ways to do that. One is through the idea of reliving Mamad Har Sinai, which was an Amidah Lifnei Hashem, um, in a very particular way, you know, Hashgachah Pratit sort of way, and Nevo'ah way, or reflection upon Briyat Olam as the, uh, as the Shvil, 
It's the path that leads a person to uh, recognize God. So these are, the Am Yisrael obviously experienced was Mamlicha Kadosh Baruch Hu through, uh, you know, at Mamad Har Sinai, they accepted, accepting the Torah, standing before God in that way. Can we draw a parallel between Yisrael and Mamad Har Sinai in the same sense? Uh, well, there is a parallel. There is a similarity. What's the obvious similarity between the two? What's, what's the connection, I should say, between the two? Not obvious similarity, but connection. There's a very clear connection. A known connection. A known connection. And if you don't know it, I'm going to be very mad. If you don't know it, I'm going to be very disappointed. Because the Torah was given on Shabbat. The Torah was given on Shabbat. That's why we say, Yismach Moshe b'matanat chelko on Shabbat morning. I thought you were going to say that. That's what I wanted you to get. I thought you were going to say that. I've mentioned it before. I've mentioned it before. No, because the idea is that that's the completion of Masa Bereshit. Wait, is that, is that in the text though? Or that's, it's a Masorah. It's a Masorah. But it's, that's why they have Yismach Moshe b'matanat chelko. But the idea is, that that's why, that's the reason they... That's the reason why they say that Moshe Rabbeinu is mentioned in the Tfilot of the morning of Shabbat because the nighttime of Shabbat is about Briyat Olam. And the morning of Shabbat is about Matan Torah. So we mention Yismach Moshe B'Matanat Chilko. And in the, the, the Musaf of, uh, the, musaf of the, the guys that you read is Tikanta Shabbat Ratzita Korbonotea Tzivita Peroshab and it says Sinai. Az misinai Yitztavut Tzivuyei Fe'ala Karoi. And in the Rambam's one it's the Moshe Tzivita. It's like actually mentioned Moshe Rabbeinu in both. Right? So in the... But the idea is that... Um, that uh, Wait, so is No, it's not actually because... Because um, in the Rambam's actual Tzivita he has like Yismichu... I think only in Musaf and Anjah. He has like, there's differences. Where can I find the gear style of Rambam's Tfilah for everything? The Taimani. Uh, Rambam writes it in Mishnah Torah. Was that an Arab and Harsinai from Moshe Bekari and Shabbat? He has his Musaf Tfilah in the Mishnah He was above Asa. He was, he was so high up that there's no one. Does it have a Shabbat doesn't our mom write his Nusach in the Mishnah Torah? It is there, yeah. It is there. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's in the Mishnah Torah on the back. Which is really, I thought you might want to... So, it's, it's interesting. The, yeah. what, what, the, what the Mishkan does is that it gives you, a, a, if you would call it a tangible way, to experience Masab Rishid, meaning because Masab Rishid is seen as something that's very distant and very far. Right, it tries to bring it down. It's trying to bring, that's the idea. Yeah. But the idea of the Torah being given on Shabbat is that, I think I mentioned it one time before, but like, it, we, it, and it sort of connects to what we talked about in the Ralbach's introduction, that the application of Chuchmat Hashem to human life, all of the Bria functions in accordance with God's Chuchmah by itself. It doesn't have to think about it. It doesn't, it's not conscious. It's something natural, right? It's built in. Human beings make a choice whether to learn and understand and live by Chuchmat Hashem or whether to allow their innate dispositions and instincts and so on to govern their life, right? Mm-hmm. So Shabbat is the completion of Maseb Rishit. So why is it... If, if, I'm sorry, if Matan Torah is the completion of Maseb Rishit, why is it not on Yom Shishi? The answer is because the physical world is created on Yom Shishi, but human beings are not just a part of the physical world because they have free choice and awareness of beyond the physical. So there, the completion of Adam is really on Shabbat. The completion of Adam as a thinking... God-aware creature is not going to be on Yom Shishi because that's the physical framework. It's going to be on, on Yom Shabbat. 
And that's, that's, that's the idea of the... But, but it does connect to Briyat HaOlam because Matan Torah is the completion of Briyat HaOlam in the sense that there's one component of the Olam that's not governed by Hashem's Chokhmah until Matan Torah. And that's, you know, like, uh, even the... It's interesting, I, I just thought of this now, but the Chazal say, like, the idea that um, the Nachash put a poison into Chava. And then... Uh, and the Rambam actually mentions this in Midrash and the but I don't remember exactly why, but... In the, he mentions it, that a poison, a Zohama was put into Chavad at, uh, in the Gan Eden. The Jewish people who stood on Har Sinai were cured from the poison, but the Umot Olam weren't cured from the poison. It's a, the Rambam brings it, Midrash and the Man But you can understand it then. Yeah, because the idea is that the, that the natural predilection of a person is to go after their instincts and their fantasies about what they want to be real, what they want to be true, and not really to have a sense of objective truth. And, and the, the Jewish people who stood at Har Sinai and understood Mitziut Hashem and Yichud Hashem and the proper way to live and Chukmat Hashem had applied to them, that, that cured them of the effects of the Nachash. So to speak. Wait, it was their understanding or it was the giving of the Torah? Same thing. But the Torah, I mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying that... It says, Yisrael Amdu al Har Sinai. Meaning because they accepted the Torah. Because they accepted it. Yeah. So they were cured. Um, so, but anyway, that's 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 it. that's the, the Mishkan. Then is an orienting place a person will come into, and and there's a, the, the interesting thing about the Mishkan also is there's basically two frameworks in which in which the Mishkan functions because there's a framework of of the things that are tamid, korban tamid, ketoret tamid, right? There are things that are continuous in the Mishkan. The esh is always burning. The the minuah is always lit. Right? There's a sense of the of there's a constant presence of the of the mikdash even when people are not coming in. There's also a deep idea there. In other words, that we that that the the truths that are embodied by the mishkan or the mikdash are not only true when we step into the mikdash. They're always true, and we decide how we are going to accommodate those truths, how we're going to relate to them, when we're going to be open to them. That's up to us. It's like it says about the, uh, the voice of God, that the voice of God was Shover Arazim, Kol Hashem Shover Arazim, right? Like uh, when we read in Mizmor de David, Kol Hashem Bakoach, Kol Hashem Badak, Kol Hashem Shover Arazim, but only Moshe Rabbeinu could hear it. Right? That's what it says, but, but the voice was only heard by Moshe Rabbeinu. Even though it's Shover Arazim, well, how could that be? So obviously it's not talking about a physical voice. It's not possible to have a Shover Arazim voice that only Moshe Rabbeinu could hear it. Right? What it means is that a person who's ready to hear this powerful impact of the Devar Hashem can hear it. A person who's not ready, they don't hear it. But it's always there to be heard. Okay? So the, um, in any case, that's the, and that's why it says uh, in the Pasuk in Balotacha, very famous, Vayishmaitakol, Midaber Elav. Midaber, not Midaber, Midaber, it's at the end of, of Balotacha. What does midaber mean? Not midaber, midaber speak. Midaber means speaking to yourself. Midaber. Right? So Rashi actually says, see we quote Rashi, we like Rashi. Rashi says, midaber means God is as if he's speaking to himself and Moshe Rabbeinu listens. Oh wow. Right? Meaning that wisdom wow. is always there. The Chochmat the, the, the Hashem is there, but the Navi, it's like a radio station could be playing 24-7, but if nobody tunes in, yeah. nobody's going to hear. So yeah. you think that if a tree falls in a forest and nobody 
hears it, it does make a sound. <laughs> well, physically, it does make sound waves. Yes. The the question that the the the, the question that they asked is if a man says something and there's no woman around, is he still wrong? <laughs> What's the answer to that? Probably yes. Probably yes. He's still wrong. So similar <laughs> idea to like Abraham finding Hashem. It's like Abraham chose to find Hashem. Anyone could have found Hashem. Yeah, but exactly. He went in Hashem's name. Exactly. So it's the same same idea. So the uh, that, that's 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 what the Mishkan the, the Migdash is representing. I wanted to, to address you one were, more thing that's about the Migdash. You yeah. were saying there's two frameworks where the Mishkantash functions. One is the Tamid. Right, one is the Tamid, meaning that there's a constant presence, and then the individual engages in, 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 in Mikdash, uh, you know, whenever. It's not, a, not on a regular basis when a person brings a korban, a personal korban. How do they make use of, how do they take advantage of what the Mikdash offers them in terms of the inspiration directly offers them? How do they, you know, utilize that or benefit from that? That's the korban yachid. Right, the korban, the, the korbanot tamid, and even the korbanot musaf are a regular schedule. It's a framework. That's part of the framework itself. The things that the Kohanim do every single day. That's part of the framework that gives the sense that the Shekhinah is present. You want to come in? Well, not always. Most of the time you can't come in because you're usually tamid. That's what the Rambam says about Tum'ah, but you know, it's there for you. It's available for you. Like it says about in the Pirkei Avot, you know, the, the Keter Kehuna, Keter Malchut, and the Keter Tuvah. Anybody wants to come, Yavo Vito. And he, he, he can come to it. So the idea is that it's present, but a person has to approach it properly to benefit from okay, that's, that's, that, that's the constant, uh, the constant motion of the, uh, uh, of the Mikdash. But there are two ideas that I, I want to, that, that I thought of. That are we talking about like, What? I think we should. We should. We should get a little bit into it. Um, but for, but before we do that, I, there, there's one. There is one other story in Bereshit that uh, I think maybe you mentioned. Maybe you mentioned it about. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Um, that relates to Mishkan, which is uh, which we also touched upon. We're talking about Daniel yesterday, which is Yaakov and the Sunan. Right? Yeah. Somebody mentioned it about Mikdash, and then and just asked about it about the Bet El. I can't remember. Somebody asked me. Uh, maybe you asked me. Okay. And then, and then uh, there's so many conversations I, I can't remember. And then, and then I mentioned it when we were. T- it helped to clarify the issue and that big chidush uh, in the in the Daniel yesterday. That was really good. So, but no. But in terms of Yaakov's ladder, right? He says the um, what that nevuah, right? So there's a whole midrash about how Hashem folded the earth so that Yerushalayim was under him and all that. There's a long Rambam on it where he tries to explain, you know. Uh, it brings different uh, different midrashim and different uh, that that I don't want to go too far into it. I just wanted to say a very quick thing about uh, about that. So when he has that nivuah again, he has this nivuah of what of and this is what this sort of like brought to the point of yesterday when we're talking about the difference between nivuah and true dreams, right? He has this nivuah which is this grandiose nivuah about malachi, and then it zeroes in on his own plight, right? Then it zeroes in his own plight. And when he wakes up, he says, Right? What is, that shows you what, that what is a Beit Elohim? A place where a person is able to achieve greater clarity about Hashem and his place in God's plan and, 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 and his purpose in God's plan. And that's exactly what happened with Yaakov. And the, why does he say this is a Beit Elohim? There's no house. There's no uh, 
he's sleeping on a rock. What, what does it mean? This is the Beit Elohim. I mean, this is a place because it's a place, just like Avraham Avinu said in the mountain after the Akedah, this is a place where God manifested himself and where break, he had a breakthrough in his relationship with God. So therefore, it's going to be Haram or Ya. Yaakov Avinu. What? Makes it completely subjective on the person. His experience is what makes it on the Is what it's, established well, it as a, meaning once the Avot have a place that they said, this is a place where they had a breakthrough in their understanding of God, where God manifested his, to them and they uh, made a breakthrough in their understanding of God. That makes the place significant for future generations. In other words, it now becomes a place for future generations to be able, it becomes the place where, that we should establish to represent the same thing for future generations. Why a geographical place? Why don't we say on that date, in history, in time, we don't know what David and Heinrich are like. I'm saying we're, we're, we're solidifying the experience of the Well, because it seems like... So the Ralbag actually has a very interesting take on it, and I'm not sure how much it resonates with like uh, modern modern people, but that there actually are... But I mean, actually, I guess it should, really, but the idea that, that certain physical locations are uh, more conducive to... Uh, greater insight and to greater clarity, <clears throat> just like, to, based yeah, on the environment, yeah. the atmosphere, the like karma. Yeah, like <laughs> Thank you. We're almost past an hour. So that, was, that was a good. That was good. Yeah, things like that. Um, he he says that, but I I think that it's even more because there has to be. I think people are impacted yeah, have, but by why why why, why? because of it, because of the weather like he seems to say because since the the body and the mind are not disconnected, so it's very likely that there are certain environments. Let's say. That are more conducive. Let's say you're in you're in certain environments. Physically, could have qualities that, you know, that uh, affect you in a way that maybe facilitates or encourages or you know more growth in certain ways than others. It's certainly possible. But a simpler way to think of it is that we human beings orient themselves by place. Think about how much you guys want to go to Harabai. You're talking about Harabai, Harabai, Harabai. Why? 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 Because it has significance, it has historical significance. It, that why Maratha Machpelah? Why all of these places are a person who's in a place. A place is uh, they're in an environment. So the environment is the framework that's orienting them. When you're in a place, let's say if you go visit the Capitol Building in the United States, okay, you go to a museum. the The environment orients the person. The environment directs the attention of the person, and so a place that was a place where there was a fundamental breakthrough in relationship with God that represented certain ideas. Let's say in the case of Avraham Avinu about sacrifice and devotion to God. In the case of Yaakov Avinu, the idea of the entire system of God's plan interconnecting and how every individual fits into that, you know, and, and so whatever, whatever exactly you want to say that Nebuah was, though the fact that you come into a place where that idea was revealed is going to cause you to reflect on that idea. It fits in with the psukim also, like Zebe to Elohim Shar This is where you see the the window into heaven. Meaning, there's something about the environment there that is allowing for you to see a higher higher order. Or, and he says he's going to come back and make it a bit Elohim later on. So I think that's why Chazal want to say that it, you know the earth was folded because they want to make it that it all happened that Haron Haron. Yeah, they don't want to make it. That, yeah, they don't want to make it that. But that could just mean I think that, I think the Ramban says I don't remember, but I think he might say like he, he dreamt that he was in in in, in Haram or yeah, that so meaning meaning that 
the actual experience was in the dream in Har Moriah. So, so, so the Zev wasn't where he was, it was where right, he was thinking about? Right, right. It's where he was. Something mentally. like that. I mean, so I, it's not the place is like aus- auspicious, it's more of the physical elements of that it's hard, to, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. That's what the Ram Bible You can definitely was. read it like that, though. That's not unreasonable. I mean, you can imagine that the place that the Navi was at played a role could into be, the way... The, Let's the say you go to a beautiful uh, and, and yeah. natural environment. Let's say a person lives in a brutally hot desert environment. It's not really very conducive to, uh, to things, certainly, or a very cold or very, I don't know, uncomfortable or unpleasant. Uh, it, I'm sure it affects the mind. It affects the psyche for sure. No, you see that people go to these beautiful environments yeah, in true. order to open their mind. It's harder to do it in places that are. Why are you guys coming here? Because it, when you're here, the whole environment is organized about around Judaism. The whole environment. You see the, the makoma mikdash every day. You see yeshiva everywhere. People want to everywhere. You know, it's a totally different experience. The whole environment around you. If you were. If we were in, I don't know, Miami, you know, the environment around you would not be, would not be facilitating your uh, focus on learning. Here, everywhere you go, you're, you're immersed in, an, in a certain type of environment that, that is ordered towards that. So, that was just another point I wanted to, uh, to bring to your, uh, to your attention. There's one last really interesting idea that... Um, that was interesting, though. Yeah. Like where, you, where, you, where you think you are is where you actually are. Right? Is that what the Midrash... Like the conclusion of the Midrash is where you think you are is where you actually are. If that's well, the case, is that why our tefillah is supposed to be focused thing. towards Yerushalayim or... Or in your mind. Yeah. 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 Towards Beit Kodesh. I mean, there's, a, there's some truth to that. I think there's some truth to that. But that, that was what... The, because our religious experience <clears throat> has to be centered around Mikdash. The idea of... Uh, yeah, I mean, the, fo- the idea of focusing on... That's our bit, the, the main bit, the national bit, tefillah. You're uniting your tefillah. It's like... It's called Tal Piyot, Tel Shekola Piyot, Ponot Elav. You know, it says that it's, it's called, that mm-hmm. the idea is that all mouth is turned towards the same, but we're all united in our tefillah. That's what Tal Piyot is. That's the Midrash. The city name is Tal Piyot, it's named after that. That's what it says, it's called Tal Piyot. What you said yesterday, it doesn't matter if something happens. That's in Shirashirim, it says, Banui Letal Piyot. It says, it's talking about Yerushalayim. All the Piyot are faced towards it. Right? So they... The idea is that it's the, it, it unifies all of the Jewish people, and it also is related to the Mikdash. That's why even the, the Rambam says when you pray, you're supposed to imagine you're standing before the Kodesh Kodeshim Shukhanaruch also says. Because that's the, that was the real ultimate experience of being in an environment that oriented a person to Amidah of Neyashe. We don't necessarily have it. By the way, just as an aside, this, the, this whole idea of these Nebuot fit Beautifully with our our understanding of of nevuah versus from yesterday true dream yeah yeah it's like higher order thinking individual message but is relating towards higher order and the the navi is giving it a higher order thought it's it's filling in his understanding of the world he also is 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 uh, returning to the principle of, I'm going to come back and I'm going to make a bit Elohim yeah. so maybe he has the understanding that. Whatever my individual experience is, it's a means to establish something for the future. Right. Something to establish for the future, just like I've That's why it makes sense for the world yeah. to fold into the Yeah, even if it's only imaginary, but the idea is, is, is that all these things are related to the Haram Uriyam one way or another. Um, because ultimately, all of those experiences are supposed to be evoked by the, uh, by the Haram Uriyam. 
so that that way we can you know so that potentially we can see that it's not maybe not literally that you would see it but um, that the that all of those that that we reflect on the significance of all those nevoah for a person who's really worthy of nevoah they might be able to have that but there's also a lot of like imagery of malachim in the the Beit HaMikdash that not only the kruvim but there's a lot of it there's there's so much imagery in the Beit like uncomfortable there's a lot of Kurovim amount of uh, yeah it's honestly really like even walking through like the the store of Mahon HaMikdash yesterday was a little bit like weird it's like is this Avodah Zarah or not like the Zarah this is strange yeah exactly the plot of great Shurim is given remember I think you discussed the idea of imagery of what we would associate to be with Avodah Zarah why it's not Avodah Zarah? Because it's because Hashem says so. Yeah, because Hashem says so. That's the difference in Zarah and... It's, yeah. not, it's not a strange Yeah, but it's also like, why do you need all that energy? Why are lines and crudings? It feels like for us. Well, they're all from the Merkava image of Yecheskel. It's based on the same thing. Oh, I thought it was based off of a bit, like, Parashat Bereshit with the Kruvim guarding the... Oh, that, yeah. The Kruvim have to do with... The the Rambam says that the Kruvim are there and the Rambam also... First of all, the Rambam says in Manabuchim because you don't want to have one. Because if you had one, people would think it was God. Right? And they see two, they say, okay, so it's not it's some imagery. It's not. But a Malach is the, is the vehicle of Nevoah. Right? Because we say that everyone except Moshe Rabbeinu, Nevoah comes to a Malach. So it's to emphasize the idea that what is really the. What is, the, what is really the Beit HaMikdash structured around? Okay, let's look at it that way. Even though there's one other thing I wanted to talk about, but since, we, since you mentioned the Kobe, the, 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 the Beit HaMikdash is structured to facilitate the highest awareness of God that a person can have. Now a different person is going to have a different needs, okay? But that's the idea. So the Kodesh HaKodeshim really represents the experience of Nivuah. That's why we never go in there. Basically, only once a year on Yom Kippur, only under circumstances that are bi- imitating Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai. No eating, right. no drinking. Only one person. Also. The Kohen has to wait seven days before he goes in, but he has to be separated for seven days, which Moshe Rabbeinu did before he went on to Har Sinai. All of these things are related to reenacting Moshe Rabbeinu's Ali Al Har Sinai. Um, so yeah, the, the cloud, the Ketoret, right? Why is that? Well, the, because you, uh, no, it actually makes sense because the Kohen Gadol is symbolic in his persona. He's symbolic, actually. Meaning, we're not saying the Kohen Gadol is actually Ra'oi to go into the code, actually Ra'oi to have Nebuah. We're saying, we Dafka the opposite. Meaning, if we picked a person every year, this year Jordan is going to go in because we decided he's Ra'oi to go into the Kodesh HaKoshim. We'll be like, we're judging which person is Ra'oi to do that. By having a system that is not tied to the zechuyot of the person, you're saying nobody can know or really determine who is zakai, you know, in in the eyes of God. So it's it's a it's done as a symbolic uh, procedure. And how do you see that in the kohen gadol? The kohen gadol has no personal identity, basically, right? He's not allowed to go to any funerals. He's only allowed to marry somebody who's never been married to anybody else before. So he doesn't have any connection, basically, to any other human family drama, whatever it is. He doesn't have. He doesn't go to any funeral, even of his own parents, even of his own uh, immediate relatives. He wears things that say the shvatim, right? He wears the choshen that says the names of the shvatim. 
He has bells on the bottom of his jacket, so he can't even walk anywhere without any everyone hearing him. He can't do anything private because he has jingling bells everywhere that he goes. And he has Kodesh Lashem on his forehead, of course. All of these things are trying to say he doesn't have an individual. Even the, the Kohanim, to a certain extent, all have an official role to play that they have to be distinct from Am Yisrael because what the Jewish people are to the Umot Olam is what the Kohanim are supposed to be to Am Yisrael. We are Mamlechet Kohanim Begoy Kadosh to the nations of the world. And our Mamlechet Kohanim that teaches us is supposed to be the Kohanim, the actual Kohanim, Bnei Aaron. Was the Kohen Gadol a teacher? He was the ideal of the Kohen Gadol to be like Aaron or Kohen and be at the highest level. Like Aaron. Yeah, because the ideal is to be, you know, for the Kohanim to be the Chachamim and Siftei Kohen Yishmeru Da'at, Torah Yevakshu Mipiu, and all of that, that the Kohen will be a source of knowledge of Hashem. So what is it, I don't know, the idea of him not having a personal... Life, yeah. essentially. It's just trying to teach him to be selfless, essentially. Part of it is for himself to be like that, but part of it is basically to say that the role of the Kohen Gadol is not tied that we decided that this person actually is, let's say, worthy to go into the Kodesh Kodesh. We, we, we can't, we, we don't know that. We're not judging the individual's inner persona. We're saying that he is the representative of the Jewish people. Symbo- symbolically, he's the, he's the emissary of the Jewish people, and he represents all of us. And, uh, and, and so when he goes in, he basically reenacts what Moshe Rabbeinu does at Har Sinai, which is there's a cloud. You know, the cloud is a, like the cloud of Har Sinai. And uh, that's the uh, part, part of the Abu Dhabi Yom Kippur. So the, the idea... Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm just a little bit confused. Because we, we said Moshe Rabbeinu, and then we said Aaron Akhman, and then we went back to Moshe Rabbeinu. I got because Moshe Rabbeinu, okay, Moshe Rabbeinu is, is an individual who actually achieved the highest level of Nebuah and was able to have Nebuah all the time and all that. The Kohen, the Kohen Kehuna in general, is, is symbolic Avodah. Meaning the Kohanim have two roles. They have the role of teaching the people and the Levi'im also have that role of teaching and educating the people, which is, of course, their ability to do that is going to be based on the substance of the actual Kohanim's knowledge and ability to, and ability to be educators, right? But in their role as Kohanim, that's not really a factor, Right? The role of Kohanim is in displaying ideas in, through representation. Right? It's like a person can play a doctor in a movie and he doesn't know anything about medicine. Or can play, you know, that's maybe not the best analogy, but the yeah, idea, yeah. They, they, right? So the Kohen Gadol plays Proxy. Moshe Rabbeinu because yeah, we don't have a Moshe Rabbeinu all the time. But, but, uh, but you know, I Moshe Rabbeinu was allowed Moshe to go Rabbeinu. into the Kodesh Kodeshim whenever he wanted. He went all the time. That's the whole idea. Moshe Rabbeinu went into the Kodesh Kodeshim uh, all the time. Saying the because, yeah, because yeah. because he could, because that was his level. Okay. So right? So by having or somebody or... go in once a year, it's to show you that there is such a thing as a person who can have nevuah and have that kind of encounter with a Kadosh Baruch Hu. But what happens to the Kohen Gadol? He goes in, he creates the cloud. The cloud's the mystery of God. It means that with, with whatever is revealed, there's also a lot covered. There's a lot hidden. And then he comes out right afterwards. He's in there for a few minutes. That's, that's it. it. It's a very, very brief, and the rest of the Avodah is not related to the Kodesh How, Kodesh how, how did the Dora Midbar understand that? Because they saw both Moshe and Aram. I mean, both, because Moshe, both, both, I'll tell you how they saw it. During the Shibat Gimei Miluim of the dedication of the Mishkan, Moshe Rabbein was a Kohen Gadol. On the eighth day, he put the clothes on, on Aaron Kohen, 
And he said, from now on, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're going to do it because it's not, otherwise it's going to require, it's like lo bashamayim he, right? If you require asking God every halachic question, then you're not going to be able to have a real system. If you say the Kohanim, who are supposed to be the teachers, so we hope they'll really represent the values and we hope they'll really be close to Moshe Rabbeinu Amel, but it's not talui on that. Um, and, 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 the, and really it's a, it's a legal institution to represent that the concept that we can have such an encounter of Nebuah. If our, if our is the paradigm of what a Kohen Gadol should be, we don't see him as separated from everybody to the point where he's just symbolic. Like he is Oyev Shalom, Oyev Shalom. I don't. I don't mean separate in that way, because obviously the Kohanim were teaching the people. They're not separate, but meaning to say that he's. I'm, I'm, I'm unsure what the role of the Kohen Gadol is besides going once a year to Like what else? Every day the Kohen Gadol brings a uh, a korban in the morning and afternoon. Two korban every day. He brings a mincha uh, half in the morning, half in the evening, every day. Yeah. He's, you know, and he's basically there as the uh, he, he he can participate in the, the services that he wants throughout the day. But the point is, he never is allowed to become tamimate. He's never allowed, so he's always on. He's yeah, always on, on right? What? Well, like, let's leave that as a huge yeah. rule that we're not. Yeah, that we're, it's such a separate topic. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to go separate, through. but it's so connected. Yeah, yeah. I the only way to go into the mikdash is no. first. We have to understand the environment. First, we understand it's the shmirat to the zahor. Right. The reason why the reason like why the Rambam explains yeah. the, uh, the you know like uh, I had a whole shiur on it and uh, it's on SoundCloud for sure about tumah it was part of the Morning Bochim series, but we specifically just focused on tumah b'tarah from two years ago. Huh? Yeah, and. And I talked about why the Rambam says it's like the gateway to Ruach Kodesh, and it's not like everything else, and why he makes such a big deal specifically about uh, Tumah Vitara, the understanding of Tumah Vitara, and uh, how that relates to uh, Mishkan and, and Mikdash. It's, first, we need to flesh out a little bit more Mishkan and Mikdash. We can talk about the Tumah Vitara, I'm not ruling it out, but one of the more basic ideas in Tumah Vitara is to limit access to the Beta Mikdash so it remains something special and distinct and exclusive and doesn't become mundane. Because if it becomes mundane, you're going to completely lose that sense. But it's not only that. That's why the Rambam says the laws of Tumah Vitarah are structured in a way to bring, that actually brings a person to a higher level of Yidiyat it, it's it, it, we, we can go into it. He's saying the lowest okay. level is just the fact that it, it conditions you to sometimes be able to go and sometimes not be able to go. And mostly not. Yeah, but then there's also a higher level of the actual laws in and of itself. I mean, there's, there's the nitty-gritty also that you learn Yidiyat Hashem from, but the general framework is to keep you mostly out, so that you come Practically, with reverence. Like, if you want to go back to what we were saying about Nida last night, it's similar, meaning there's a, there's a limit on, on, on sexual behavior, which is one benefit, that's just a practical benefit, and then, uh, and then you have also that the idea that my sexual activity should be a part of my life as an Ebed Hashem, which is a uh, different idea. In, in Tumah Tarat, it goes beyond that, because the laws of Tumah Tarat in general are structured in a way that is, um, that reveal certain ideas about existence and about the order of creation that is, um, that are uh, very advanced, let's say. That's why it's so difficult, but it's also why it's so, why the Rambam is saying it's so advanced and close to Ruach HaKodesh. We'll talk about it a little bit. It's interesting that this is a type of cloak that will say that the specific type, this, this, the specific form that it takes 
is relevant, meaning that it that it specifically teaches you. You know, we yeah, were, the Rambam, we were talking about how um, right. I, I mean, the the Rambam really emphasizes it, and it's almost like strange because the Rambam, and if you read the Rambam. In other places, it sounds like he downplays somewhat the Beit HaMikdash. But then when you read this, he's like, this is not like learning about Lulav. This is like very deep, and it's the gateway to Ruch HaKodesh. And we must study it, and the Nevi'im had difficulty with it because it's so deep. I'll give you an example. I'll give you, um, in a little, I don't want to do it yet, but I'll, one of the Shirim, we'll, we'll talk about some of the ideas of Tumar so you can understand. But in the, in the meantime, the, the way the Mishkan is structured is it goes from more to less physical. The, the outer the outer courtyard is, is mainly for like burning korbanot. That's essentially what happens. Slaughtering and burning korbanot. That's what happens. Everybody comes. Right. Anyone who's Tawar can go in there. There's an area that only the Kohanim can go, but basically anyone can come in and participate in that. And that's the most basic level. Inside the Kodesh, only Kohanim can go in there. That's why you have the Menorah, you have the, uh, you have the, uh, the Lechem Pani, Shulchan, and you have the Ketoret. Okay, that's a little bit more, that's a little bit less grossly physical, let's say, meaning there's no meat in there, there's only blood there very rarely on Yom Kippur or certain exceptional situations. Right? The smoke is from Ketoret, not from the burning of flesh. Okay? It's, uh, you have a menorah and and a shulchan that is, there's no eating of the bread in there. It's a symbolic thing. It just sits there, you know, and then it's distributed among the Kohanim like uh, each Shabbat. So it's a, it's not a, there's nothing very physical going on. It's having it in different senses. Yeah, no, it sounds it sounds very sterile, right? So the way that I the way that there's no matter right, fires. The, it's, it's not physical. The way that uh, the way that that I, I I would look at it is that if you look at the Kodesh Hakodeshim as one extreme, which is purely spiritual, so to speak, purely transcendent, purely metaphysical, it represents Nivuat Moshe Rabbeinu. That's why you have the Aron with the Luchot in there, and you have the Kruvim representing it, pointing it to the idea of Nivuat. And basically, nobody can go in there except once a year, and they simulate Nivuat by putting the by putting the cloud. You know, that's that's once a once a year, and maybe a great maybe a great Kohen Gadol would actually have Nivuat in there. I don't know. Meaning the Yeah. That because every time the cloud would always come for the Shekhinah, so you're so you're basically simulating that, a simulation, right? So that, that, and also, by the way, it's interesting that any korban, interesting din of Mikdash, which seems like a random din, you can't bring any korban in the, uh, in the courtyard unless the doors of the Hechal, of the Kodesh, are open. Okay? And they even had openings and windows into the Kodesh and Kodesh, because you know, the Kodesh and Kodesh are, and Kodesh and Kodesh are inside. Right? They're openings and windows so that anywhere in the courtyard would be kasher for slaughtering a korban because it has to be exposed to an opening that points into the Kodesh and Kodesh. I mean, the idea is that the Kodesh and Kodesh is the essence. All of the Kedushah of the Mikdash emerges from the Kodesh and Kodesh, from the idea that a human being can have a prophetic experience or an experience of uh, an encounter with God. That's what it's all organized around. And then everything emerges. So, and on the outside, you have the most extreme opposite, which is the slaughtering of the korbanot. So the slaughtering of the korbanot is the, is, I don't want to say the, reject, the transcending of the physical. Meaning really we talked about how the korban is the giving up of the attachment to the physical. Okay? So that, that's the purely physical side. The Kodesh HaKodeshim is, you could say, the purely transcendent. And the middle is the Kodesh. What is the Kodesh? I think, and I'm just saying this is my own thought, there's a lot of different interpretations and all the Mepharshim kind of come to it with their own framework uh, to impose on, uh, on, on the ideas. I think what it really shows you 
is a life ordered in light of Chokhmat Hashem, a table, a menorah, and the, and the Ketorah. It's basically, as opposed to the Korbanot, which is the dark side, meaning the, the part that holds us back, our attachment to the physical for its own sake that we're trying to overcome by slaughtering Korbanot and sacrificing Korbanot on the outside. And then you have, basically it looks like a house. It's got a, a, a menorah, got a shulchan, has a nice uh, a sweet smell, which negates, you know, the idea of the outside, which is basically a butcher shop, you know, and, 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 and a barbecue and, and whatever. So inside it really is almost like a bite. Uh, and and represents and you see that that's why um, I mean there's a lot of the details of the Avodat Yom Kippurim that are in the notes that I wrote about the Avodat Yom Kippurim a few years ago that talk about the, the distinction between the Kodesh and Kodesh Kodashim and why they play a special role specifically on Yom Kippur and uh, and and when you have a uh, when you have a uh, uh, what's called a Chatat Helem Davashel Tzibur which is where the, the community sins. And, and, and the, because they followed a wrong ruling of the Bedin. Or when the Kohen Gadol uh, makes a ruling for himself and turns out to be wrong and he violated in Isor Karit Bishogeg based on a ruling only for the Kohen Gadol, which the reason being because that's when he's making a mistake as Kohen Gadol. Right? Mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, it's not just a regular mistake, only as Kohen Gadol makes a mistake. So then the blood goes into the Kodesh, which is a very rare phenomenon. It doesn't happen. Not into the Kodesh Kodesh. But it goes into the Kodesh. So it, it, it's a, a demonstration of um, the difference be, because when the minds, the minds of the community, the leaders of the community do a chet, so it reach the kapara that's necessary is extending further. Meaning if I do a chet, it's a chet because I'm deficient and I allowed my physical uh, side to get the best of my on my mind and I allowed my impulses and I didn't think it through when I was careless and whatever and therefore I did a chet. It's, it's not because I'm, it's not a bit din actually <clears throat> made a ruling and improperly guided the people. So, that, that, so that's more fundamental to the life ordered by understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there was a distortion in it because they, had, they, they did something wrong. So that's why the Kapara reaches all the way to, into the Kodesh. So, so, I mean, at least that's what I think. Uh, that, that's somewhat speculative. I'm just, I, I want everyone to realize, I'm just saying. But, um, that's the that's the, the the Mishkan or the Mikdash is ordered in that moves in that that order. Meaning, it starts with that which holds us back, which is the pure physical. It goes up to that which uh, it goes up next is the life that is ordered by, properly, right? The, which is represented by the, the Menorah. Obviously, the the twelve uh, twelve loaves represent you know. There's 12 Shvatim. I mean, I think that's the simple pshat, right? So the reason we don't eat those is also the Kohen control control of, of, of the Kohen control of the and then, and then the Kodesh HaKodeshim is, is, the, uh, is the level even beyond that, the level of the individual who's able to even move beyond that. See, only the Kohanim are allowed into the Kodesh because they represent the people who are supposed to be living according to the Chokhmat Hashem in the ideal way. But that doesn't mean that they're Nevi'i. Nevu'ah is Kodesh HaKodeshim. That's, that, that's, a, that's the highest. So it's all pointing us in the direction, when you walk into the Beit HaMikdash, you're thinking about what is human existence made of? What are the state, what is the ultimate goal of human existence? And the ultimate goal of my development is to have this encounter with God to the extent I can, right? And what are the stages I have to traverse in order to get there? I have to master 
my base physical side, my attachment to the physical, the instincts that are dragging me down. I have to live a life that is guided by the light of, of Chuchmat Hashem. The menorah is, of course, the light of Chuchmat Hashem. And, uh, and then ultimately, if I'm fortunate enough, I get to go into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. And you see that, the, by the way, a lot of the, uh, the Mepharshim, a lot of the Rishonim, they'll use that metaphor of entering into the Kodesh HaKodeshim as meaning ultimate breakthrough in, 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 in Yediyat Hashem. We say it all the time. To enter into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. It's interesting that a yeah. lot of the stuff that would that would distract you happens outside of both the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodeshim. Like, for example, so one of the things that really bothers the eye is the like the parot under. I think it's the cure, right? That you have the like the bowls. That was Shlomo Melech thing. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't come up in the in the Torah. Shlomo Melech, he puts only Shlomo. But still, I mean, there's a lot of uh, you know. It's like it's almost like. If you're, if the representation of the um, world-facing part, like the outside part, is the azara, right? Right, and it's open sky also, which is like pre-human almost, you could say. Meaning the azara is, is the the the, the is in a in a house. Yeah. So it's already telling you. That, that's why it I mean, signifies the, the to me like the distractions are outside. The advancement of yeah. The distract the distractions. They're before are out- you enter. Yeah, it's before you enter mm-hmm. the house. And then it's almost like you go from this, like, the distractions of the outside to, like, the, the serenity of the inside of the house where mm. you just have the light and, like, the yeah. simple bread and the, the smoke with the, with the pleasant with a nice smell. smell. Yeah. And then that's the, that's the precursor to wisdom is whenever you can... You can Achieve that. You, you can go from the chaos, yeah, the solitude, the outside, and yeah, the, to the serenity yeah, and the reflection. Inside, and then your brain is prepared to be able to go in, go further and achieve some kind of... Yeah, and then there's some people who have another interpretation that I heard a nice, a nice interpretation that fits more with the Mamad Harsinai view, that that the the transition is from uh, the korban, like the korban Pesach, basically, to the fa, the esh and the cloud of the uh, and the man in the midbar to Mamad Harsinai, which is the Kodesh Kodeshim. So it's also if you want to learn learn it as the the, 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 oh, the, the yeah. it's a nice it's a nice it's a nice uh, another way of reading it. The point is that everybody reads it the as Kittori, some kind of stages of development the towards yeah. closeness to God, and and how we were showing the rarity of a person who's really the desirability, of course, because that's why any korban that's done, the doors have to be open. I mean, there has to be that they're thinking of what the ultimate ultimate purpose is of my coming in. Even if I'm very far from it right now, I have to know that, and uh, and that's that, that's the beauty. It, it reminds me a little bit of um, actually, you know, the Rambam's famous metaphor of the palace that he talks about, right? The palace metaphor of the people who are not, who are facing away from the palace that are the idolaters, and then people facing the palace, but they're not, you know, they're not there. The the people who only study the halacha, they're walking around and around the palace, but they never find the entrance, right? The people, then there are people who enter in, but they're not able to get into the king's chamber. And then there are people who are able to get into the king's chamber. So that's the metaphor. Also, you can, that's a kind of a metaphor maybe for the, for the Beit HaMikdash. He doesn't say that, but I'm saying it might, might fit that too. The Beit HaMikdash, maybe. You know, so <clears throat> this is just sort of a layout of how we can think about the Mikdash. One, one point I want to say about the Menorah that I think is, is, is really, really interesting is uh, everyone asks the question of... Uh, you know, at the end of the Chanukah reading, after all the Nisi'im, then you have the mitzvah of So everyone, there's a couple of questions. First of all, why does this come right after the dedication of and the... there are also seven Nero. Right, yeah. For Breshita, yeah, for sure. 
That's for sure. Right? Right after Chanukah Tamizbeach, it talks about Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah. It says, Ubebo Moshe Oel Moed Edeberito, Vaishmaita Kol Midaberilav. That's the Pasuk I was talking about, right? In fact, Yishayahu Leibowitz, who's not, I'm not the biggest fan of some of his material, but he actually had, had things on Parshat HaShavuah. And he said, in this one comment of Rashi, that he said, Midaber Elav, means that Hashem speaks to himself and Moshe Rabbeinu listens in, he basically summarized the entire philosophy of Nivu'ah according to the Rambah. That's a, the, you know, because it's the same idea. But the... Uh, but then it says, The question is, number one, why does that come right after the, uh, the Chanukah Mizbeach? And number two, there's already a mitzvah of menorah mentioned in Shemot. Why are you mentioning it here? Again, we already know that the Kohen has to do the uh, lighting of the menorah. Why are you mentioning it here? Okay? And so, of course, the Midrash says that Aaron felt, Hey, you know, why do you have all these Nesi'im dedicating the Mishkan and I, I get nothing? You know, what about me? And Hashem said, you have a better thing, you have the Minoah. So, so everyone asks, like, why is that better? There's a million things that only a Kohen can do. Ketoret, all the Korbanot, so many things. Why does it mention Minoah? And there's a more basic thing is why specifically, which nobody asks, nobody asks this, because you could answer that the Minoah is special because it signifies that even when the Beit HaMikdash closes, Meaning when there's nobody else around, I'm lighting them in order, there's still, right? It means there's a connection to God that goes beyond the formal, official service of the Beit HaMikdash. It goes into the night. The light of the menorah goes into the night, meaning the presence of God, the relationship to God, isn't able to be exhausted or limited to the formal Beit HaMikdash functions during the day. It goes beyond that, right? But there's another thing that, that nobody really notices, which is that this is not really the mitzvah of the menorah. Because the mitzvah of the menorah we already have. It's, it's a mitzvah to point the nerot towards the middle. Right? Oh, wow. It doesn't say ta'alu at nerot. It says behalotechat nerot. El mul p'nei menorah yayushivat nerot. Right? What is the reason for that? So what a chazal say is the reason why the nerot pointed towards the middle? To show... Maybe you'll think that God needs the light. But He is the light of the world. How would He need the light? So they pointed the light. They, they would direct the light towards the center of the menorah. Because if it was pointed forwards, it would be like, oh, God needs some light in there at night and it's getting dark and He needs light. So by pointing it towards the center of the menorah, you're saying that God doesn't actually need the light. It's symbolic light. Right? But what is that really? That's the, uh, that idea, meaning the Kohen Zechut is that he gets to express the idea of God's transcendence. That he gets to show that Hashem is not dependent, that God doesn't need any of the Avodah. And that's the most important thing, that the purpose of the Avodah is really for a person, for human beings to approach God, not for God. Not to give God something. And that idea is the most fundamental idea. The real idea of Yichud Hashem is expressed in the Menorah. Not in the Menorah itself, but in the fact that you point the candles of the Menorah towards the center and say that this is not to benefit God. This is a symbolic thing to benefit human beings so that we can come closer to God. That idea, a person who brings korbanot, or all the nisi'im will bring the korbanot, may think that somehow they are serving God. They're doing something for God. So the, the, in the fact that the Kohen does this, he demonstrates it. No, what you do is not to, to give God something. The Avodah Hashem is to give you something. It's to bring you 
closer to God because God doesn't need anything. God is not dependent on his, on his creation in any way, shape, or form. And that's the idea of that. So that's, that zechut, to be able to manifest that idea is a great zechut. It's interesting that the yeah. that the higher that the seventh near you could say is in the middle and not on one end and there there's it's a machlokas which is near hamaravidas. There's some that say it's on one end, some say it's in the middle. Yeah, but so, the same idea would be the, anyway. What is it the same idea? I mean, it's the same idea of, 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 of a directing the all pointing. towards towards itself. Meaning, so if, if we're saying so, maybe I'm, I don't want to I don't want to assume just because of the seven. I assume. That the reflection, the center, yeah, the the six that are lower, the six that are pointing towards the seventh are the Sheshimei Bereshit, and then the seventh one is the Shabbat. Shabbat. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it. I mean, it um, does seem like. So, but the way that we conventionally understand it is that there's one linear progression, let's say in time, of the six Yamim, right, and they're all point linearly pointing towards. The Yom Shavii, mm. but that uh, I, I'm so I'm, I'm trying to understand. Is, is there something that that maybe we're missing? The fact that it's three on one side and three on the other side, and they're both pointing towards the side. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just playing with the idea. I don't. I, I'm. I don't have a good approach to it. Mm. It's a good question. Right? It, we don't it, have to necessarily assume that the middle one. Shabbat, is, yeah. yeah, Shabbat is the middle. Right? So you want that experience to to take you through the week. So it it, it connects you to let's say Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and also. Friday, like if it's represented, but it's not about your. It's not about your week. It's about it's about Yimei Bereshit. If it's represented Shabbat, yeah, yeah but I don't even know if it's represented Shabbat. Right. I, I mean, I'm just assuming because of the seven. I Meaning, usually right. whenever we see seven, that's the trigger. Right. Right. Well, it could be. It could be the other way. That uh, what is what is really Shabbat? Assuming that this is the correct thing, which I think it, it, it makes sense that that it would be. But you know, they. What is really the uh, the the idea of Masebereshit? I'm not going to tell you that, but what 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 is one of that? What what is an idea we can learn from Masebereshit? The um, that the that the that all of the physical creation that we see it is manifesting this higher reality, and that's really what the scientists discovered that the 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 that even though there are many diverse phenomena that we can look at, they all ultimately trace back to this, this wisdom, this, this lawfulness, this chokmah that exists in the creation. And uh, uh, what's the, uh, the pasuk in Mishlei? Chokmah uh, banta uh, beta? No, uh, oh no, not that one, the other one. Uh, that's, that's another one. Yeah, the, the, uh, about the Shiva Amudim. Is that, is that the Pasuk? No. I can't remember the Pasuk offhand. But the, the idea that the, that the Chokhmah is at the foundation of, the, uh, of everything. And Shiva, the Yom HaShvi'i of Shabbat is reflecting on the Chokhmah Tashem, that's the foundation of everything. So even though in time, in other words, in time-wise, Yom HaShvi'i is last. Because it's only when everything is put into place that we, can, we now as Briot can reflect on the Chokhmah Tashem that's there. But really, in reality, the Chokhmah precedes the, uh, precedes the, uh, you know, the existence of all those material things. Yeah, just our right? experience our of it experience is last, but actually it preceded the entire it actually experience. actually precedes it. Yeah. Shabbat's like the center. Because it's, 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 rep- it's in the middle. Right. Shabbat is just a representation of God's transcendence in the universe, right? 
Yeah, I mean, we're saying that we we come to that knowledge after Shishit Mevushit, but actually the knowledge itself preceded Shishit Mevushit. Yeah. And, and, and is the cause of the Shishit Mevushit. So, t- so in that sense, um, the idea that they all emanate, so to speak, or point towards the center candle, assuming that the center candle is Shabbat, is that everything we see is pointing towards that Chokmat Hashem that is that represented by Shabbat. You know, that, that is represented by the you know, seventh day, let's say, where everything was completed. We can only see it when it's, once it's completed, but actually it was there from the beginning. It's, uh, uh, what's, what's the passage in the beginning? Mishnah where it says, uh, before, before he created the world that was with him. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it, uh, my, my brain doesn't work. Uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't. Uh, I think I had one one day, one night of sleep in the past three days, all put together. Combined. Yeah. yeah so, my, so my brain is not functioning, but um, let's see. It's. Um, uh, we'll find it. We'll find it. It's. It's. it's I, I probably. Where is it, Mishlei? They, they took it out. They didn't want them to win. Ah, Hashem b'chokma yasad aretz konim shemayim bitmona. Betomot. I'm reading from a Perek Bet Perek Bet Perek Gimel. Sorry, Perek Gimel. Yudet. Shevuk Mayasad Aretz Konin Shemayim Betfuna Betatotomot Nifkau Shakim Rafutal. So nice, you know. But then, it, but it's after this. Where is the part where the Chokma speaks? Um, where is it? Ah, Hashem Kanani Rishit Darko. Kedem Mifalav Meaz. Meolam Nisachti Merosh Mikad Mearetz. Bein Tomot Cholalti. Bein Mayanot Nichbadimayim. Beter Matzayim. This is a Perek Chet in the middle. It's Pasuk, starting with Pasuk Kaf Bet. Perek Chet? Yeah, Perek Chet of Mishlei. Yeah, because Chokmah is speaking. עד לא עשה ארץ וחוצות וראש אפרות תבל ואחינו שמיים שם אני וחוקו חוג על פני תמיים I was there already when he was making the heavens I was already there ואהיה אצלו עמון I was like uh, I was like his uh, protege השמס ויש השוים יום יום משחקת לפניו בכל עת I was like his entertainment playing before him all the time I mean the חוכמה existed so to speak with הקדוש ברוך הוא prior to its manifestation in the world, and so the Chokmah, in our discovery of Chokmah, starts with the given and proceeds to Yediyat Hashem, but the actual plan and design, obviously, precedes the creation that, 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 that came forth. So in that way, it makes sense that the Shvi'i is both the Tchilah and the Sof. Right. You know, the sequence of that is that everything is Vayomer and actually the Ralbag says that the Or means the Or of Chokmah that is the foundation of everything else. He doesn't take it as a physical Or. Mm-hmm. He says it's the Or of Ganuz of Tzadikim. He says that's the Or of Chokmah of HaKadosh Baruch the highest Chokmah. And everything else is, is describing the physical world. And so therefore the Or... So really it does circle back. I mean the Or is the foundation of everything according to the Ralbag. And, the, and, and the Shabbat is when we... You don't even need to say that though, because the, the chokhmah is seen in the speech, right? That's usually how. That, yeah, yeah. So it's it's the dibur that precedes the maaseh. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, of course, the thought has to precede the, the creation. So that's the that's the second. What does it say? Sof maaseh, chashavat achila. That's the same thing. Sof maaseh, chashavat achila, shabbat. 
Tzilech Adodi has a lot of important ideas. How are we running on time? Not bad, not bad. We can stop here. Can stop here? You want, want to pause? Everyone, everyone is worn out? No, this is good. no, no I, could, I could go for another three hours just like three this. Three hours? Maybe we should have at least some meat first. Yeah, I think we should before eat. We, we before three hours. Sure. That's very good. We can continue with this after. I, I like this. It's very interesting. I find it's it interesting. Me too.